0: Welcome to the Search the Scriptures podcast where we dive into scripture and provide the explanation of it in the most accurate light that we can. Search the Scriptures is a podcast that is dedicated primarily to the Christian, challenging our brothers and sisters along with ourselves to see if we have set aside the commands of God to set up our own traditions. To do this, we use scripture to explain scripture. Please join us on this journey. All
1: right, so hopefully the recording picks up what I have on my voice left right now, being a little bit under the weather, but we're going to continue our study in Romans 10, um, verse 14. We were talking about last time we left, we we basically left on the note of the gospel, right, and the call being for everyone, right, not just for the, for the Jews, but um, as we see in there, verse 13, uh, just for some context and brief recap, where we see whoever will call in the name of the Lord will be saved, right? Not, not limited to the Jews or the Gentiles or a specific group of people, culture, etc. Um, we see that you know God's God's plan has always been for all of humanity. Yes, Israel is His special uh, people. Israel is His chosen nation. Israel is the people that He decided. From the beginning to call his people, it is the people that he decided to bring the gospel through, bring the Messiah out of um, out of that nation as well. And we have our we have our foundations, the apostles um, coming from there too. And we see the covenant uh, that God makes with men coming through Israel as well, starting with Abraham, continuing with Moses, etc. Uh, however, it was always it has always been God's intention. We see this evidence not only in the New Testament, obviously, because we see the gospel being um, stretched to the Gentiles as well, and, and God commanding his His disciples and his apostles to take it to the Gentiles as well, and then even appointing an apostle to the Gentiles, um, and, and Paul, of course. Uh, but we do see evidence of that in the Old Testament as well, uh, where God has always 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 been meant to save uh, all of all of humanity you know not just the jews and we see this as even in the beginning promise with abraham where he told him that he will be a father of many nations he didn't he didn't just say one but many nations and um so continuing on that here on verse 14 um, it says how then will they call him remember that verse 13 just left off on whoever will call the name of the lord will be saved right So he continues here saying, well, how, right? How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How will they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? Verse 15, how will they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things so this is a series of of rhetorical questions right that that paul is presenting here but his point is the point that he's making with this rhetorical question is that in it, there has to be a clear presentation of the gospel there has to be a presentation of the gospel message in order for it to be for there to result, for it to result in true saving faith, right? Because you have, in order for you to believe the gospel, in order for you to accept the gospel and by default, salvation justification and eternal life, right? The benefits come with it. You have to hear it. You have to learn it. You, you, you have to know about it, right? This is not something that is just, you know, out of the blue, like it is revealed to you. Now, that might take different shape for different people, right? It might be in the way of a family member, it might be the way in the way of a pastor, it might be through the word, reading the word. It might, you know, it, it might be in, in different ways. But the the truth of the matter is that what's never going to be missing is the fact that you have to hear it. You have to hear what the good news are, right? Because there is a requirement that you can't skip. You have to hear the good news, and you have to believe, right? You have to uh, repent and believe and accept that Jesus Christ is your Savior and your Lord. So this—that's what Paul's point is here, and saying, "Well, okay, well, how how will they believe if they don't hear?" Um, so again, clear presentation of the gospel. That's why the Great Commission is so important, where Jesus says and commands us all to go preach the gospel to all living creatures right and and to preach the gospel being our main commission because that's that is what we need that that's that's what we need in order to be saved we need to hear it and then it says beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news and this is actually quoting from Old Testament um, because if we take a quick look at Isaiah 52 7 um, Isaiah 52 7 says how lovely on the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who announces peace and brings good news of happiness, who announces salvation, and says to Zion, your God reigns. So beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And you see the way that it is written there on on Romans, that it has like an... he has kind of like a, even a, little, a different font and his all in, in all caps, right? You, you see that that is a, a quote, right? And, and even in, in this translation, you even see the quotation marks. You no, know, seeing that Paul is quoting this from from another passage in scripture, in this case, the Old Testament being Isaiah. And that's that's the what is it? What is it the good news, right? That that we're so blessed, right? That the feet that carries you the good news. Well, that's the gospel It's the message. It's the message of Christ is the message about about Christ, right? So we know that this is, but here's the key with this, right? We know that the good news is a gracious offer. However, it's not only a gracious offer, but it also comes coupled with the command to believe and repent. So if we take a quick look at Acts um 6, 7, Acts. Seven, six seven says, "The word of God kept on spreading, and the number of the disciples continued to increase greatly in Jerusalem." So that that first portion of the, of the verse it it symbolizes or or it, it speaks of bringing the good news, right? Spreading the good news, the feet, the blessed feet, taking the good news out there. That's why it says the word of God kept on spreading. The hearing of the word. It says how how we believe if we don't hear it, right? And, and how 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 it will be taken if people are not sent. So do we see that in that portion of the verse. But then the next portion of the verse says, in a great many of the priests were becoming what obedient to the faith. So there is there. Also, another side of the coin, right? It's a gracious, gracious offer, but there is obedience involved, and um, we are we are commanded to repent and to believe, and then to be obedient to the faith. The faith requires that. That's that. That's just part. There's the call, and there's the response to it. If we see Hebrews five nine, uh, for so that's another quick example, Hebrews five nine. Says, and having been made perfect, he became to all those who what obey him the source of eternal salvation. So we can't divorce that verse from the truth, right? Because we know we know that the gospel is the good news, and we know that through salvation we receive what eternal life and eternal salvation. So we know that. Whenever we talk about eternal life, salvation, eternal salvation, we know that we're talking about believing in the gospel, right? Because that's the result. But notice how this verse here in Hebrew says, and having been made perfect, referring to Christ, what does it say? He became to all those who what? Obey him, the source of eternal salvation. So this is making it clear that the good news, the gracious offer, is not just one step. There's two involved. When I I talk about two steps, I mean hearing it, receiving the call, receiving the offer, and accepting it. That's the other part of it. Because many can hear it. And the fact that you hear the gospel by itself doesn't mean that you're going to be saved or that you're saved. The power, the gospel has the power to save, absolutely. Like, no questions asked. The power, the gospel has the power to save anybody. But you see, there is that second part that you are to believe and repent. And all those are signs of what? And and evidence of what? Of obedience, right? Just like the good works follow, et cetera. So the good news is a gracious offer, but comes coupled with the command to believe, to repent and believe. And we we saw Paul presenting right the entire gospel throughout the first chapters of, of Roman and talking about these things. And we also know that it is still all, even though we're commanded to believe and do and repent, it is still all because of God. Right. We cannot take credit even for that. We cannot take credit even for the repentance and we cannot take credit even for believing like somehow to feel more special than others, because even the faith to believe is supplied by God, even repentance is granted by the Lord. So literally it's all one sided in the sense of that he provides everything. But there is that there is that interaction, that responds of hearing and believing and repenting and then obeying right? That is involved in, in, in all of this. So then we see, continue here, and in, 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 um, another quote from from Isaiah that's, that's going to come here, because in Romans, right after that quote, who bring the good news of good things, in verse 15, he continues in verse 16 saying, however, they did not all heed the good news. Basically what we were just talking about, right? The fact that You hear them doesn't mean that you act on it. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? And again, you see that difference in font and the quotation marks there. That is also a quotation from Isaiah. And that one comes from Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53. And if we take a look at the first verse in Isaiah 53, it says, who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed?" So this that's where this is coming from. But that message, where you see in in Romans saying, who has believed our report, and here, who has believed our message, what is that report? What is that message? Well, that report or that message that Isaiah is describing, that Paul is bringing up. Romans is the substitutionary death of Christ which is what the good news of the gospel the the fact that he's our substitute the fact that he died on our behalf the fact that because of him then we have righteousness imputed to us we don't have to go too far from Isaiah because right there in Isaiah 53 where we were if you skip a little bit ahead to to verse 5 what does it say It says, but he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him. And by his scourging, we are healed. Other translation might say by his stripes, we are healed. Right? And and we've gone over this a million times, um, how this verse is taken out of context, but it You know, as far as using it for physical healing, it has nothing to do with physical healing. I wish that I can just recite this verse to me right now and that my cold will go away. That's, But that's not what it is. It has nothing to do with physical healing. We're talking right now here about the gospel. Notice that the context of the verse, the context of the passage has to do with the substitutionary death of Christ on our behalf in order for us to be saved, in order for us to receive the righteousness. And that's where that verse is mentioned. It has to do with our inner healing, or our spiritual healing, with us being saved and receiving eternal life. That's what that verse is, the context of that verse is. And as we see here, continuing in, in Romans, it says, so faith, verse 17. So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. The word of Christ being what? The good news, the gospel about Christ. Um, But I say, verse 18, but I say, surely they have never heard, have they? Question mark. Indeed, they have. Their voice has gone out into all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. And if you take a look at basically what they're saying is that. The revelation of himself right because we just talked about hearing what the word of who the word of christ the word of god and then he says about yeah it has gone all to all so basically what this is saying is yes the gospel the good news it has actually gone to all the earth all have heard right there's there's no excuse we see we see in matthew 24 14 for example matthew 24 14 where it says The gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to who? To all the nations. And then the end will come. This is speaking of what will happen. This is speaking to the future. This is the word of God saying, establishing, prophesying what's going to happen. It says, this gospel of the kingdom shall, it doesn't say may, maybe, perhaps, no. It says shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations. And then, after that, and then the end will come. We see Colossians 1, 5 and 6. Colossians 1, 5 and 6, where it says, Because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of which you previously heard in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you just as in what? All the world. Also, it is constantly bearing fruit and increasing, even as it has been doing in you also since the day you heard of it and understood the grace of God and truth. Again, making that point, making that point the entire world, the entire world will get the gospel, will listen it will be shared, it will be preached. And we also know that in the very in the very first chapter of Romans, of this epistle, Paul also said in verse 18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in righteousness, because that which is known about God is evident within them. For God made it evident to them. God has made sure that his the revelation of himself reaches man. He's not leaving man, he's not leaving the world with an ex- an excuse. Right. And then continuing here, um in Romans. The boy has gone out unto all the earth and the worlds to the ends of the world. But I say, verse 19: Surely Israel did not know, did they? Question mark. But first, Moses says, I will make you jealous by that which is not a nation. By a nation without understanding will I anger you. Speaking of Israel, right? Here's the thing. And it's, it's, it's a very sad thing. But at the same time, don't take this as picking on Israel. because if we would have if america would have been the chosen nation if the gospel would have come through us we would have done the same if and the fact that this has happened to israel it doesn't mean that they won't be saved god will rescue them right god god says in his word that israel will be saved but here's the truth in this in this time and at that time as it was happening israel was ignorant was ignorant to the salvation contained in their own scripture the scripture was revealed to them salvation was there in the scriptures jesus refers to the scriptures right he says this himself like you look in the scripture you can't you don't you don't you don't see him and god then in the the gospel itself as promised, is actually also going to reach the Gentiles. If we take a look at Deuteronomy 32, 21, 22, 31, it says, they have made me jealous with what is not God. They have provoked me to anger with their idols. This is God speaking, right? Because of the disobedience, the continuous disobedience of his people, of the Israelites, of this nation. And so I will make them jealous with those who are not a people. I will provoke them to anger with a foolish nation. Isaiah 65, 1-2, Isaiah 65, 1-2 says, I permitted myself to be sought, by those who did not ask for me. I permitted myself to be found by those who did not seek me. I said, here I am, here am I, here am I, to a nation which did not call on my name. I have spread out my hands all day long to a rebellious people who walk in the way in which, which is not good following their own thoughts. Who is that that God is referring to that which is not a nation? The Gentiles. The Gentiles were not part of Israel. They were not part of God's special chosen nation, right? And yet God says what he says about them, right? God says how he will make them jealous with another nation, with a foolish nation. God says how he will make them jealous with those who were not. His people, right? Not being, not being the Gentiles, not the Israelites, and again, this is all because of what? Of the disobedience, of the continuous rebellion of the Israelites. You know, one of the things that it is—it's mind-boggling to the reader. But if you were in the same shoes, it'll pro- or we were in the same shoes, it would probably not that be that much different. It's—it's it's mind-boggling when you go. just to take an example of a portion of scripture when you go through the book of Judges where, where you see this continuous vicious cycle that the Israelites go through whereas they believe and they obey they stray away they disobey they get punished and they cry out to God they, they obey, and then they stray away, disobey, they get punished, they cry out to God over and over and over again. That God has to continuously rise up another judge, right? another person to deliver them. They they obey, and then peace comes to them, blessing through the life, through the remaining life of the judge, whoever that is, might be Gideon, might be Samson, whoever the case might be. and. As soon as they die, the next generation or the next people, they do the exact same thing again, and they go through the same cycle over and over and over and over again after seeing the miracles over and over and over again. It is it's mind-boggling, like I say, like, to, to, to see the extent of God's grace and his mercy. That he will go again and again and again and again and rescue his people, respond to their cries, and then they go ahead and they do themselves, they betray him with idols, with the worship of Baal, and all of that. God punishes them. He did, He lets them be taken over by other nations, and then they cry out to him again, and he sends them another deliverer, and the cycle starts again and again and again. That's all. What you had, up.
0: Well, yeah, I was going to say this. That's them living up to their name, uh, Israel, which means as far as I can understand, wrestles with God. Yeah. So they 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 continuously do this throughout their entire history. That's right. And I find it interesting that not only do they wrestle with God, it would say that they prevail. Like they they wrestle with men and God and they prevail. So they 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 get away with doing these things to God where no other people, no other nation gets to do this. All other nations get destroyed, but Israel keeps over and over and over again wrestling with God. That's right. That's right.
1: Even even to the point where they did their, I mean, if I was to put a word on it, right? The maximum their their maximum expression of disobedience or their maximum expression of rejection of God, which was rejecting Christ Himself. Right. So that was that was the culmination of it. that's, that's the point where then God goes to the Gentiles. But even after that, even after, even after rejecting the savior himself and God, the son himself, rejecting the Lord himself and killing him, even after that, God still says that they will be saved and he will come back and redeem them. I mean, again, this is truly evidence that this is his special chosen nation, right? Um, and finishing here up here on the, um, Romans 10 in Isaiah verse 20, I am very bold and says I was found and, and we saw this, right. I was found by those who did not seek me and became manifest to those who did not ask for me. But as for Israel, he says all the day long, I have stretched out my hands to a disobedient and obstinate people. And we saw that evidence throughout the entire Old Testament. We saw it um, as well in New Testament. We see it in Christ, how he goes to the Jews first, how he goes to the people first. And we will see it in the future again, because God will redeem them and Israel will be saved. Now that doesn't that doesn't mean that every single person that is a Jew by descent will be saved, just like it doesn't mean that every single person who hears the gospel will be saved, or that every single person in the world will be saved. That's not what it says, but Israel as a nation will be saved, right? And there would be a remnant that he will reserve for himself um, as well. And then, um, and I believe that's the end of chapter 10. Sure. That was a little shorter one today, but we didn't have much to left to cover in this chapter. And and um, I'll wait till next time for that to, to start um, chapter 11. When my voice is help, working with me a little bit better but i'll open up for some questions and comments
0: amen i love the uh the, like we were just talking about this just very recently that um it shows the faithfulness of god that uh because he made this promise to israel it's going to get fulfilled no matter what they do it, he's, he's faithful so it's going so it's going to happen
1: amen Amen. it goes it goes along with the words of paul where he says that there's absolutely nothing that will separate you from the word of god right that there's no power there's no angel the um, principality anything that can separate you from the from the love of god like you yourself you yourself can't separate yourself from the love of god and um we just see him we just see it expressed um so, so wonderfully with with his nation with israel it continues i mean we have it all through history we have it in the word um shown expressed to us and that's what we can read about things that had happened but that's not the end it will happen again
0: as he has promised amen and i do remember also so in the old testament whenever he was taking when he's bringing israel out of egypt he's bringing them out of egypt and they just kept rebelling and he was going to destroy all of them and then Mm -hmm. create a whole new people through uh generation i guess through through moses and uh and then moses told him he says if you do this then the egyptians will say he was unable to save him so he took him out into the wilderness to kill him and uh and and so i guess to keep his namesake he is able to save <laughs> like like yeah. so it's he is and so that's also the beauty of what he has done for us where it comes to like once saved always saved if you are saved you can't lose it because yeah. he is he is able to keep you saved all the way to the end like he, he's not he's not going to to start something and then not be able to accomplish it
1: that's right that's right and really at the end of the day i mean we're thankful that he does that and we're thankful for his grace and his mercy but at the very end of the day is is for his glory it's literally for what you just said it's for his name's sake it's for his glory this is he's not going to make himself a liar he can't, he can't lie, as he says about himself. And that's what he promised, and that's what he will do.
0: The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace.